The Dallas Cowboys made an absolutely shocking trade over the weekend. What do we think about the move? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys had a very nice preseason win over the Raiders uh, in week three. But that's not the storyline. From over the weekend, it's the Dallas Cowboys trading for Trey Lance. Uh, they gave up a fourth-round pick in 2024. What was your initial reaction when you heard about the news? I, 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 honestly, I think my initial reaction was the you know the cartoon esque, like looking at it, doing the double take, and then you know classically rubbing my eyes to make sure that uh, I read it correctly. Uh, I was shocked. I mean, I, I you know I wasn't shocked to see it being traded. You know, I, and and I, I I certainly felt like. Uh, I heard a couple different places, including Minnesota and some other spots that like I had heard had been interested uh, that I felt like were good spots. And, and I remember thinking to myself when, when the whole situation was going, I was like, man, it'd be really great to see him go to a team that has an established veteran that he could go back up and just kind of reset on his career a little bit more. And, and suddenly it's the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, I mean, honestly, there's so many angles on this. Like it, it, I was kind of just simply overwhelmed by – you know, once it really sunk in that it was happening. Let's talk about the general philosophy of trading like a day three pick for a quarterback like this, because I think in a vacuum, I love it. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's not very often you get these type of quarterbacks on, you know, with a day three pick with the salary that he has. Right. Because it's really, it's, I, I think my math is correct. It's like six and a half million dollars total like over two yeah. years. Is that right? Um, it, it, it's just a dart throw at the most important position and a pick that as we're seeing with cut downs, like the Cowboys are going to cut fourth, you know, a bunch of fourth round picks this year. They're going to cut second, maybe second, third round guys. So the draft pick doesn't bother me at all. It's just, I thought Lance needed to go to a situation where he could play because he has less than 500 career passing attempts from high school, college in the NFL but now that preseason's over and we're into the regular season, like how much is he really going to get to develop in Dallas? Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's a long-term play, you know, and I think that maybe that's the situation that he needed. Look, I mean, uh, I, I don't disagree that I think playtime is going to be important for him, but I also think that this is a guy that, you know, coming off of an ankle injury, very similar to what Dak dealt with, what, like a year and a half ago, uh, I think it was a, a, a tad bit much to ask him to try to go into a rehab situation and try to, uh, you know, uh, play to compete for, for a spot. And I think, it, you know, there is just no perfect situation for, for what Trey Lance needs, no. right? Like, you know, there, if you need to, like, play uh, uh, to get better, like, there just aren't a lot of teams out there that are willing to be patient 
uh, and, and long-term development or, or, or that, you know, even if they did want to be patient, that, that would have general managers that would be able to hang around the team long enough yeah. to keep you around. So uh, I think that as good as any situation is, is he's going to get the Cowboys is simply because you're, you're right. He definitely needs to get on the field and he definitely needs to play. But I think it, the first thing he needs to do is take a step back. And first thing he needs to do is get all the way healthy and then, you know, maybe kind of tweak some mechanics stuff a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, you go out there and you give him a ton. Oh, look, all the preseason snaps this year were up for grabs. And you really didn't even want to play Cooper Rush that much because mm-hmm. you, you didn't want him to get hurt. All those snaps are going to go to Trey Lance next year, right? And and, and that's going to be an opportunity for him. And, and in the meantime, what he does is that he he practices with the team. He works out. He, he gets, you know, things tweaked. And he provides for you a, a really great uh, a scout team quarterback. I mean, a really, really great scout team quarterback. Especially when you uh, play the Eagles, team. right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I think that there are – it makes a lot of sense. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the best thing for Trey Lance would be to go to a situation where he could get lots of leeway to play for a, lo- a long time. I just don't know that, the, that that place exists currently this season in the NFL. I'm actually going to zag a little bit. I think this is a perfect spot for him to develop because, yes, everybody's talking about Trey Lance and the Cowboys and why did the Cowboys give up so much to get him, which, by the way, they did not give up a lot to get him. Fourth round pick is nothing. Everybody's talking about Lance now, but two weeks from now when the Cowboys play the Giants on Sunday Night Football, nobody's going to be talking about Trey Lance, right? It's a perfect situation for him to sit back, not be pressured into playing, not be pressured to be the backup, work on his fundamentals, get healthier, and then we'll see in 2024 what he can do if he can rise up the depth chart. But the problem is if he was in San Francisco, when you're the former number three overall pick, you just keep wondering, okay, when are they going to play him? When are they going to play him? Should he be playing over Sam Darnold? Should he be playing over Brock Purdy? But now he's sitting behind Dak. He's no sane person is going to make an argument that he should play over Dak, right? I know there's going to be people out there. That, no, yeah, you know, there there will be people making the argument, but, but no sane person. Would right, so he gets to just focus on getting better without any pressure to perform this year, and that's probably just what he needs. And yeah. Mike McCarthy does have a really good track record of developing quarterbacks. But if you want to throw out Aaron Rodgers, that's fine, whatever. Like, I, I get it. But he's even made you know somebody like Matt Flynn – a viable NFL quarterback and several other guys. So I do think this is a good landing spot for Lance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, look for all the things you just pointed out, uh, the pressures off of him. This is, you know, this is a guy that needed development and he's now he's going to a spot where he actually can, you know, what of the true places left in the NFL where you can actually get some development and being a third quarterback. Now that this new quarterback rule is in place. Look, I, I think that the new quarterback rule also kind of helps things I here agree. a lot. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a great situation for the Cowboys. I don't think it was an overpay or, or that they paid no. too much at all. Uh, I think they paid an appropriate amount for a guy that they got incredible value for. Uh, if it works out, I mean, if it works out, like, it's incredible. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Dak Prescott in the fourth round. It's, you know, it's Well, I'll, it's tell you how, I'll tell you how the Cowboys would like this to work out. I think in an ideal world, he gets healthy, he reworks his footwork, and he just dominates in the preseason next year. And you're able to flip him for a second round pick plus, yeah, right? Sure. Like that's how the Dallas Cowboys would love to have this work out. There is like a a non zero percent chance that 
you know, Dak Prescott gets hurt for a length of time and Lance comes in and plays really well. And then you're able to trade in this off season. Like there's just so many ways that this move could work out for Dallas that it's worth a fourth round pick. I will say the other thing that actually makes me feel good about this trade is you're starting to hear who the other teams were that were kind yeah. of after Lance, which was the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo bills, like teams that know what they're doing when it comes to like roster construction I, I just think it's a smart move to go trade for a guy that has this much talent. Yeah, and, and two other teams that clearly have established quarterbacks yes. as well. Right? Just pay them. That, that that aren't yeah that aren't afraid to uh, to go out and, and get a guy like this to, to back him up. Yeah, just to put a point on it, this this has nothing to do with Dak and his no. contract or re-signing. I mean, look, I, I understand people don't want to necessarily believe Jerry and Steven when, when they say stuff like that, but like. They could have easily him and Hawed this a lot more than they did. They were very clear cut. This has zero to do with the Dak Prescott that they want to resign Dak Prescott. So they were hunting quarterbacks in last year's draft or the twenty twenty three this year's draft, right? And it just worked out that a lot of guys that they were hoping to get like in the fifth and sixth round, Clayton Toon, even Stetson Bennett a little bit, like all those guys went in the fifth round. Aiden O'Connell went at the end of the fourth round. I was so say, by the guy we just played, yeah, yeah all, all those quarterbacks that the Cowboys were interested, Jake Hayner. Um, all kind of went in a range between the Cowboys' fourth and fifth round picks. They've been talking about for a while trying to develop, you know, a guy on day three. You just took a quarter, you just you traded for a quarterback that is far more talented than any quarterback you're ever going to get on day three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just you just don't get this kind of caliber of quarterback for what no. they paid for it. It's just it was a rare opportunity, uh, and that's why the Cowboys had to pull the trigger when they did, and and then. Throw in a little bit more to make sure they got the, the, the continued uh, opportunity. All right, Lana, let's talk about the preseason game because there were some pretty clear winners, especially on the offensive side of the ball yeah. that we will get to next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog. August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy all you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog will set your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back. It's bigger than ever with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner actually drafted their team in July. So don't wait around. Get them done right now. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Landon, let's talk about some of the the winners on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys. We've got to at least start with Will Greer. Yeah, I couldn't be more happy for Will Greer. What a performance by him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, considering everything that was on, on his you know mind emotionally, I mean, clearly it's not, it's not even just the, the, at, that he, you know, knows that he lost his job. I mean, he's been with the team for three years. He's made really close friends. I mean, him and Dak, you know, have been doing those team-wide trips. You know, he goes with, with Dak on those, and uh, that, that include the wide receivers and the, 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 the skill guys and, you know, it's it was an emotional situation, like, and so he went out there knowing that this was an opportunity. And look, I, I, it, it, beyond the performance, the performance was was just absolutely incredible. We'll talk about that, but his attitude going into the situation and and understanding that that it was a, a, a 
a uh, uh, an audition and, and that it was an opportunity. That's going to go a long way with NFL teams, right? That they're going to love that. And then for him to go out and score four touchdowns and, and throw for 300 yards and do all the things that he did, uh, you know, despite – Despite yes, despite Dak uh, calling the plays for him, uh, you know, some people were saying uh, was 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 uh, it wasn't was, a was, bit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was impressive, and and I think it would really. I, I think that it's going to earn him a, a backup spot. So I mean, not even just a third string. I think likely there's going to be some team that saw what he did and, and be impressed and maybe bring him in to compete for a, a backup. I, I just know from looking at Twitter last night, like when people were watching the game, like. He's better than our backup. I know the Cincinnati Bengals fans I saw were saying, hey, he could come right in and be better than what we have behind Joe Burrow. So for Will Greer's sake, I hope that he finds a good home. I actually would love to see the Cowboys like trade him to a destination where he yeah. can be a backup. I mean, you're just not going to get anything from him because everybody knows you're going to cut him. But get Will Greer. But maybe, but maybe you do. Maybe maybe someone maybe that, that's desperate to get him because they don't want to compete with, with, with on the waivers, you know, so maybe – they trade just like a seventh round pick. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want Will Greer to have success. He, he's been a, a great third string quarterback. So I, I just thought that was a really cool moment. I maybe really root for a guy that I knew wasn't going to make the 53 man roster, which is, you know, really hard to do uh, here in the preseason. But let's talk about some other players who do have a shot to make the 53 man roster. Your guy, Hunter Lipke, uh, please go ahead. The floor is yours. I, you know, it was just great to kind of get, see him get opportunities. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's really been the big issues. It does feel like they've been hiding him, right? Like, you know, and and so they they kind of got to a spot where you know Rico Gathers didn't even uh, did <laughs> did it again. Rico Dowdle, Rico Gathers, Rico didn't Gathers dress did either, not play. Guys. Just so, yeah, he didn't play, but Rico Dowdle also didn't uh, didn't play, didn't dress. So uh, you knew that 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 Davis uh, and Lipke were going to get a ton of play. Uh, and it was mostly Lipke, especially early. And I, I, you know, you kind of saw what what everyone was excited about. He's he's physical. You know, he's got a little bit of shiftiness to him. He's got a very versatile uh, uh, skill set. I mean, you saw him picking up blitz picks up blitz 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 pickups. You saw him uh, running routes out into the flat and catching the ball over his shoulder. Uh, you saw him running over guys in short yardage situations. You saw him, uh, uh, you know getting getting through the hole and then and then making uh sidesteps around guys around uh, with dirt around his feet or trash around his feet rather uh you know you just got an opportunity to see him do a little bit of everything and yeah. and, and you add that into the fact that it sounds like he's a pretty decent special teams player um hunter Lipke's on on this team one way or another i don't know if it'll be on the 53 man roster or not we'll see but i imagine that if he clears waivers he's going to be a, a practice squad player I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the 53-man roster. And if, if he isn't, I will be surprised if he isn't a practice squad player who gets called up yeah. almost immediately with the chance of being called up to 53-man roster a little bit later in the season. And, and that's my guess what happens is he's somebody that gets I, – I expect him to clear waivers just because he's an undrafted free agent who yeah. outside of week three of the preseason didn't do a lot, right? So you put him on the practice squad, then you just pull him up depending on the game, depending on injuries – and I think he's somebody that you look forward to in 2024 to maybe be the third running back on your team if you if Rico Dowdle doesn't step up or if you move on from Tony Pollard. I I think for me that what was so impressive wasn't the running. He actually had a really nice pa- uh, uh, blitz pickup, as blitz you mentioned, up, but yeah. he's just such a natural receiver. Like he, yeah, he's so good are- in the, fl- the flat. And what I love about him is he catches the ball in the flat and then he instantly gets up the field and he's – He's hard to tackle for some of these cornerbacks and safeties because oh, he's just yeah. so stout. 
He's tough out in the, in the flat, man, because if he catches the ball and he can turn his body at all, yeah, the safeties in this league, even in the NFL, uh, you know, they're not necessarily ready to, 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 to take on a 240-pound load. That's and he gets coming low. Out like, like, he puts yeah. his head down and gets low. I, he it, almost, like, almost gets too low and gets over his skis at times, yeah, it feels yeah. like. But, but I feel like, yeah, for the most part, he's really – I mean, that's the thing that really kind of stood out to me more than anything. You're right, is that – he was digging passes out of the ground. Like he really made some solid catches. Like, and even though I think, I don't know if it was the touchdown or the long catch, but that one where he caught it, just like, you know, bread basket over the shoulder. Yep. Uh, and then just he seamlessly transitioned to the, uh, to being a receiver. Like that's the stuff that you see at North Dakota state that made you excited about him coming in. I think it, with a little bit of development, he's not there yet, but I do think he could be a Kyle Huszczyk type of player in the NFL that can just do yep. a little bit of everything at an above average level. And if you got that type of player on your roster, that's like your fifth skill player, you know, every game, I think it can be really dangerous. I want to talk about some of the other winners from this game. I'm going to play a little game with you though. Yeah. Uh, I want you let's play some true or false, true yeah. or false. Awesome. Richards and TJ uh, Bass are the Cowboys best two backup offensive linemen. True. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me. Uh, I, I think Ball is a, situ- a situation with his injury. Even before the injury, he really did not look at a tackle uh, and, and got which, destroyed we, by Tyreek. Which we Eagles. wanted to see. We wanted to see, yeah. could he hold up playing right tackle? And I, I think we kind of got our answer. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, so basically just everyone is counting at home. He had one very, very good game at guard uh, and, and not a lot of great training camp practices and, and, and a very not good game at right tackle. So... Yeah, I think I think at this point, Bass and Austin Richards have been the most consistent, uh, and especially Bass, who just has been moving bodies in the inside in this game and last game. We, uh, we he, should he, mention Ball's injury really quickly. So he yeah. has a hip injury, according to Michael Galkin of the Dallas Morning uh, News. He's going to be out about two months with the injury. Mm-hmm. Curious to see what the Cowboys do if they just wave him injured and have him revert back to IR, or do they keep him on the fifty-three man roster initially and then put him on IR? Just so you they have could, another option down the road. They could also just IR him, you know, just like well, then he'd be out think, for the year, right? Yeah, because then he could just be out for the year. Well, I mean, the question is, like, do you really want to bring back a, a guy that's a, a not fully developed guard back after a hip injury, you know, to come play? I don't know. I mean, maybe you. Feel I'd like, like to have the option do. too if I needed. To. I know. I think that's the thing. Yeah, so I guess you should kind of weigh all that on on you know whether it's worth it to to go through the roster machinations to do it. So. It's just a lot to think about, honestly. Uh, first of all, awesome, Richards. A couple stats really quickly for you. He played, I believe, like 140 preseason snaps, five total pressures, one hurry allowed, zero sacks, while playing left tackle. And a little bit of left guard sprinkled in there. He needs to get stronger. Like, that's his one thing is he just – he needs to add some strength to his lower body. But I think the Cowboys have something here. I really do. I mean, I you know, I just – I'm kind of shocked that we aren't more excited about it, honestly. Like, because I mean, he, you know, he's. I mean, the way he's performed as a fifth round pick rookie coming out, and he's basically done what we were freaking out about Tyler Smith being able to do last year, except to kind of a, just a lower, lower rung. So, but he's still, you know, basically going into the season as it stands right now, potentially your backup left tackle, left side player. So we'll see if that plays out, you know, with week one, but. Honestly, it's to the point now where I would I feel like I could be comfortable if you wanted to just go with him as the backup because he's continuing to get better week to week and hopefully by the time you would ever need him, he's you know developed to a point where you know he's ready for it. 
I think he's the most surprising player for me in the preseason. I, I was shocked when the first game against Jacksonville that he was announced as a starter at left tackle. And for him to basically put three games together where he was really solid, yeah, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me. So I we went from thinking, okay, he's maybe a fringe roster guy, maybe somebody who needs a year on the practice squad, to he might just be your sixth best offensive lineman right now. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly in the conversation for sure. And then TJ Bass. We, we just need to mention him quickly. Uh, somebody who, you know, we thought a lot of as an undrafted free agent. Uh, he was, I think he was PFF's number one run blocking offensive lineman coming into the draft. I was shocked at how good of a pass protector he's been mm-hmm. so far. Did not allow a single pressure in the preseason. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's helped having someone like Waletsko next to him, honestly, who's just a kind of a wide body guy with long arms. Uh, and and for, for Bass, you, you watched his Oregon tape and you felt like the reason that you really were going to get a better guard than tackle was that his issues in pass protection was when he had too much space, you know, and, and, and he had guys that were, could get around him. And I think operating inside between a, a center and a tackle, it, 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 it fits his game a lot better. And so it hides his deficiencies and, yep. and accentuates his strengths. So, uh, yeah, I think he's found a fit at guard for sure. How did Mozzie Smith play in his third preseason game? We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all your sporting events, music, comedy, theater, all near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Actually, was just looking at tickets to go to Bill's Cowboys, I think December 17th. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. They even have like little pictures where you can see exactly what your seats look like. It's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, buy tickets in just a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. It's it's Again, I can't tell you how easy it is to buy your tickets and then have them just right there available for you. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, all you have to do is create an account, redeem promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Lana, let's talk about Mozzie Smith, who really struggled in week two of the preseason. I, I thought he was significantly better this week. What did you see? Yeah, and I think this is what we, you know, a, a lot of us have been saying we thought was going to happen too. Is that just it's going to be a, a week to week progression with him? He's just going to get better as he starts to see more. And I think that that's what you saw. I think you know, look, it wasn't perfect as the game got on. I think he got tired. I think some things reverted back to some issues where his his feet would stop moving or uh, he's uh, his uh, uh, focus maybe gets lost and he and he uh, he doesn't see what's happening to him as, as quickly as he did early in the game. But I, I mean, early on in the game, you, you see him getting, uh, getting down the line, avoiding being scooped uh, by, by the center and then and, and separating and making tackles. You see him getting through the line of scrimmage and, 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 and uh, just kind of muddying the water for the reads of the running backs. Uh, you know, there was that, obviously that third down stop that was made by Harper. What a play by Harper, by the yeah, way. We'll get to Harper. Uh, I want to talk about but, him. But, but I do think, you know, part of that was that Mozzie just absolutely destroyed the center, pushed him back into the, 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 the backfield. And by the time the running back got the ball, 
uh, you know, his initial read was was in his lap essentially. So yeah, uh, yeah Harper's uh, incredible play just kind of played out as well. And that's so, where you see the strength, right? Like he, yeah. he can if he gets one on one with the center, he can just bully those guys back into the backfield. It's just everything else he's still working on. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think there was some some pass rushing snaps where I felt like he was able to get around his guy. They were triple teaming him at times, yeah. you know. But yeah. but there was also times when you saw him get off a, a block initially and then destroy a, a chip that was coming his way and and, and created a pressure. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe not pressure, but <laughs> the the quarterback had to get rid of the ball. You know, sure. like and yeah. so uh, it, it was one of those situations where you're seeing improvement and you're seeing it every week and and, and the. The issues, it, what it is, is that we're going to see it's about building consistency, right? Like how many consistent snaps can we get out of him this week versus last week? And I think that's what we saw is that we saw a handful of really good snaps early on. And then as things kind of started to wear on as he gets tired, you know, his feet gets his feet get plodding a little bit. And that's when he starts to get into a little bit more trouble and his vision kind of narrows. So, yeah, he's going to continue to get better. He's going to it's going to become a decision become second nature for him as he sees more and more of these blocks and more and more of these schemes. Uh, and he's going to get better. But I think what we saw was like what what you ex- what you should be expecting. Yep. Right. Like he was a first round pick playing against a bunch of guys that aren't as talented as him. And and he showed that he is at least a first round pick talented. It's about showing that consistently. That's where we're at with Mozzie Smith, but uh, clearly the dude's an incredible athlete and incredibly strong. A lot of these first round pick defensive tackle, nose tackle types have this kind of same career arc, whether it's Derek Brown, even Vita Vea, Dexter Lawrence, Quinn Williams, like they, you could see the flashes of it from time to time. It's just about the down in and down out consistency, which Mozzie Smith is still working on. So expect there's going to be times this year where people get frustrated with him not being more of an impactful player. Just realize, like this is a this is still a developmental pick that can help you out as a rookie. Um, so just be patient here. I want to talk about a couple other players really quickly before we head out. You mentioned Devin Harper. Listen, I am a Jabril Cox truther. I still I love Jabril Cox. I, I love yeah. his game. But Devin Harper's better. You know, it's it's a tough thing. I, I, I want both of them, you know, and, yeah. and honestly, I'm at the spot right now where I'm trying to figure out. And, and, and honestly, since you and I have talked about this topic, I've changed my mind back and forth. I, I still am kind of in a situation where I would like to figure out a way to get both of them. But I don't know that I want to carry both of the first 53 yeah. uh, uh, initial roster. So who, if it comes down it- to which one you have to pick. Well, but see, that's not what it comes down to. That's why. That's why I think it's it's about which one do you think you could sneak through, sneak through the waivers, right? Like because I think those are two different things, and I think that's what makes it so difficult. I think Cox is a higher pedigree guy, and I think he's a name that a lot of these other guys know, and I think he was already underdrafted by some degree. Uh, and I, but I think Harper is a guy that you almost can't lo- afford to lose more than Cox because yeah, of the special teams prowess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's tough. Like it's, it really is, I think a, a tough thing. It's it. I think that they'll probably hold their breath, cut Harper, keep Cox, and then hope that Harper clears. And I, I think he will, you know, we'll see. I think happens. it's going to be the opposite. I think they'll hold on to Harper. Yeah. And if Jabril Cox gets claimed, he gets claimed. If not, they'll put him on the practice squad. And, Maybe and he can, somebody they bring up an hour from now. I'll probably agree with you. And two hours from now, yeah. I'll probably disagree. So uh, one more player. This one, 
this one bothers me a little bit because I thought he played awesome. Kelvin Joseph, he had, I know he had one offsides penalty that was dumb on third down. It happens, right? But this entire preseason, he's been excellent. He, I think I saw the stat, 13 targets uh, in coverage this year or in the preseason, 24 yards allowed, makes tackles in the run game, plays on special teams. And yet I see some prominent media members saying that he's not going to make the 53-man roster, and I just don't get it. Yeah, you know, um, I got to say, I, I, I'm feeling a sense of dissonance over him too a little bit, you know, because and, – and listen, as someone who spent some time out in training camp, I can tell you that I think he's performed a little bit better in the preseason games just overall than he has in training camp, but I don't think he's been terrible in training camp. There's definitely been times when he's, you know, he's been eaten up, but he's also, you know – doing one-on-ones against C.D. Lamb and, and guys Cook. that are very good, Brandon Cook. So, uh, you know, he's still a, he's still an incredibly young player. That's the other thing about 23 this. 23 years and old. He's still 23 years old, and and I think the, the, the upside there is tremendous. And, and the fact that he's able to continue to, you know, give you upside at the position while, I mean, being valuable, it's like, that's the thing. He's a valuable special teams player. Sure. He's not like a, oh, a guy who can play special teams. It's like he's once Goodwin retires, he could be Goodwin for yeah. like, for yeah. forever, right? If you needed him to. He's that good. And, and he's that athletic. But, but you know, I, I, there does seem to be the sense that, like, well, because he's a second-round pick, it's a, and it is. It's just, it's, it, we, ha- we haven't seen what we've expected out of him yet. But I, I just – the idea of cutting him as it stands right it. now, it doesn't make sense. Like, cause this I is feel the best like he's, he's ever played. And he's starting to get it, and, and he's starting to play multiple positions. You see him playing nickel. You see him playing a little bit of kind of linebacker stuff yeah. a little bit. Uh, so I would keep him. He's a physical guy who can, who can make tackles on the edge, uh, who's not afraid to throw his body around in the in defense and special teams. This isn't a malcontent who uh, is a diva. Like, he nope. does the dirty work, and he's trying to get better. So I would hard. You know, I'd yeah. keep him. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I hope the Cowboys keep him because he could fill so many roles on game day. We'll see. It's going to be a really tight cut down when it comes to the defensive backs on this roster, especially yeah. if they keep six safeties. So uh, I want to let you know, everydayers, that on tomorrow's show, we're going to do some of our 53-man roster predictions, so make sure you tune into that. A special shout-out to one of our everydayers, Elijah. Uh, I know his dad wanted me to give a shout-out for him on the show. So uh, thanks for listening, listening Elijah. Uh, go follow the show on YouTube. Uh, Go check out the podcast wherever you get podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you guys next time.